Welcome to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I am your host, Derek L. Calhoun, the author of Press Into the Power. I hope you're enjoying this music that we have. Uh, This song is called Miracle from Sylvia Jones' latest music project, which is available online wherever music is sold or streamed. Or you can reach out to her on her website, www.sylviajones.com, helping you experience God's presence through contemporary worship. Listen, uh, before we get started today, I want to bring you just a quick note from our sponsor, Distinction Inc. Do you need custom t-shirts or hoodies? Look no further than Distinction Inc. From screen printing to embroidery, Distinction Inc. provides high-quality apparel and promotional items with stress-free customer service. Distinction Inc. also provides competitive pricing, especially for nonprofit organizations and churches. If you have any upcoming projects, they would love to earn your business and exceed your expectation. You can request a quote by visiting www.distinctioninc.com. Distinction Inc. We deliver results that make you say, wow. All right, let's get ready for the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. Welcome back to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. What's up, Kip Nation? I pray that you're all blessed and doing well. We're in the beginning of the month of April. This is the first Friday in April, but I hope that you are not just making this your favorite Friday podcast, but your favorite drive time podcast. We are blessed today as I continue this series on women warriors. I have one of my spiritual daughters with me who is distinctively a woman warrior. She's doing a great work in a particular sphere, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But I want to introduce to you Camille Joy Robinson. Welcome, Camille. Thank you so much for having me. I am honored to be here. What's up, Kip Nation? <laughs> listen, listen. She's got a wealth of information and impartation today, and I want you all to just tune in, listen, hear her heart. This is a topic that is dear to myself and many people around the world. As a matter of fact, this is Autism Awareness Month, Autism Awareness Month, and I know there are many, many parents that are caretakers of children with autism, and there are many, many children that have autism are being born with autism during this season. And we want to address this and try to help inspire, provoke parents to continue to embrace their situation and circumstance and just to love, love, and love some more. Camille, this is uh, Autism Awareness Month, which you are very well aware of, but you are, in my description I, I sometimes i want to call you an autism advocate or influencer or a coach uh what do you prefer to be called and 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 why in this season um 
I would prefer, I, I kind of, I am a content creator. We create content online through the podcast and on social media, but I'm a community builder. So my page, it isn't a fan page, it's a community. So when people click follow and befriend us, they are joining this community of parents from all over the world. Wow. On community parents all over the world. Good t- let me let me help some people because everybody may not be familiar and I try not to assume things. Could you define autism for our audience today? What exactly is autism? Yes, so autism is a neurodevelopmental difference um, and it comes in variations and may affect people through the way they perceive things like hearing, touching, the way they perceive, experience, interact, and interpret the world. I like to uh, compare it to our five senses that we have, mm-hmm. and um, it, the way that we take in that sensory input, um, the children and adults, theirs is affected. So we may turn on the light, and it may not bother us as typical people, but for children and adults with autism, it may bother them. It may be a sound, a touch, that may they may be picky, picky eaters. They may have limited language. Um, so, in short, that's what it is. It's not a learning disability. It's not a disease. It's not anything like that. And the more we educate ourselves, the more we can we we learn. Well, this this podcast is all about educating ourselves, and that's why I just have a lot of questions, and I want to educate myself and be uh, more aware. So how did you take on this role, you know, and what do you do weekly to champion the cause of autism? Um, I took on the role because I have a child with autism, my youngest son. His name is Mason, and he was diagnosed with autism right before his second birthday. And so during that time, we were relocating from Connecticut, where we are from, all the way to Texas. And here we had limited friends and family in a village, basically. And so I began to lean into people online. It, there was an app that, that was newly developed called Clubhouse. And you can jump on Clubhouse and talk to people from around the world that you didn't know. Well, I started having a support group on there every Monday. And that went on for a little bit over a year where we would just share, not just with parents with autism, but parents that had all kinds of diagnoses. It kind of just happened like that through conversation and sharing. I needed to know so much about resources because when you get the diagnosis, no one says, okay, well, here's where you can take advantage of. No, they say, you know, here's what's going on and get speech therapy and really that's it. But there's a world of help and resources that your child can take advantage of. I learned that from other parents and I began to see the value of community. One day, I sat on the couch because my platform in 2018 began as just a Christian woman platform, podcast, and I sat on the couch and I told my husband, I believe that God wants me to talk more about autism and special needs parenting, and my husband said, you know what, I think you're right, go for it, and so that's where I started just talking about that only and sharing Mason and sharing raw moments and then our page grew. It was like an answer prayer to these parents who, many of them live in shame. Many of them did live in shame, you know, before they came across our page and would never share with anyone for various reasons, but it gave them a sense of pride. And so I enjoyed that and that's how I got into it. Wow, wow. 
I mean, you never know how what people are going through, and your experience has helped to broaden, I believe, your vision of how to help people and what true ministry is. That's why I wanted yeah. you on this series as a woman warrior, because it takes a lot of courage to not only address your own situation, but then to help others address their situation, which is the essence of Christianity, you know, loving right. people, but loving yourself enough to love other people while you're going through. So I, I have this term, and, and if I'm using this term incorrectly, uh, please correct me, but what mm -hmm. challenges do people who have neurodivergent children face? Yeah, that was good. You said the term correctly. Um, there are lots of challenges, and I'll just speak for Mason because he's mine, and I don't know what, you know, once you know a child with autism, you know a child with autism. That doesn't mean you know every child. So um, Mason... He's five years old. He is not potty trained yet. We've been potty training him for the past three years, but he's not grabbed onto it yet. So he is still in pull-ups. That's one of a challenges challenge that some people face. Some children don't become potty trained. Some will. Um, he doesn't sleep through the night, and sometimes he can wake up at night and stay stay up all night. And but by that I mean he might go to bed at eight or nine, and then he might wake up at midnight and be up all night and all throughout the day and not tired and then he can do it three or two or three times in a row so that for the parent can create a level of exhaustion uh, we experience meltdowns which are very different from a tantrum it can view and look the same but they're different because meltdowns are based on a sensory overload when i talked about before the five senses and because i'm most are a lot nonverbal. They can't tell us what it is that's irritating them, and so or bothering them. It could be their clothes. It could be a sound that, that they hear outside. I heard a young boy who has autism. He's about 12. He said that he can hear the bugs crawling on the ground. So it can be really heightened sensory that that bothers them. And one of those the challenges that come along with that is that. Sometimes they flip out and cry, and that could last for hours. And so you have to learn the triggers, and you have to learn what to do for your child in the moment. And all of that comes with trial and error. Um, it definitely did for me, times of crying myself and just not knowing. But it, it always helps to know another autism parent. Mm -hmm. um, and I know sometimes people are, are very private, but uh, with this, I would encourage you not to be. Now, that doesn't mean you need to get on social media and share, but at least if you ever meet a person with autism, open up to them and maybe exchange information so that you have somebody in your village that you can call to say, hey, did your child go through this? What helped you? Because if you don't, then you're alone in it. And that's just too much. That's it's too hard. And um <coughs> Those are some of the challenges um, in school. You know, you may send your child to school and they're nonverbal, and they can't tell you what's going on. You expect the school to follow that IEP, which is the Individualized Education Plan, but mm -hmm. we don't know. We don't know. And so the, the language is also uh, a challenge. But not all neurodivergent children are nonverbal. Um, some of them are verbal, but autism is a wide spectrum. Um, it's not linear, meaning up and down and high and low, but it's like a circle. And it's, you know, your child could have, be nonverbal or verbal. They could 
sleep or not sleep. They could be a really good eater or not want to eat at all. So it goes back to once you know a child with autism, you know one. Camille, that's that's a very interesting and powerful narrative. I was when you were talking, I was sitting here thinking when you talked about parents of children that have autism need to establish a buddy system, if you will, a village you called it. Mm-hmm. I thought about my book Precedent Power and I thought about the four men that came to help the paralytic and mm-hmm. they came with no reservation of their own. They weren't self indulgent, they weren't self centered or, or selfish but they really wanted to help this man. And mm-hmm. I believe you have to find people, and there are people out there, who really just want to help you because they just want to help. Um, yeah. And they have no ulterior motives. And so I would like to encourage those of you who are listening to make those connections, develop that family, and develop that village so you can be a help to others, but also that others might be a help to you. I'm going to kind of pause in my questions just for a minute to just kind of raise awareness to something that's happening on August the 19th, this mm-hmm. year, 2023. And when I saw it, I was like, oh my God, she's got to talk about it. Tell us about August yeah. 19th, 2023. Yeah. Yes, August 19th, we are going to Denver, Colorado, and we are hosting an event called the Moments of Joy Fest. I'm not from Denver, but God said go to Denver. And we've experienced extreme favor, and we will be hosting this event at the Colorado Convention Center, and it's for families raising children with special needs, not just autism, but Down syndrome, cerebral palsy, the list goes on. And so we'll have workshops, a panel discussion, giveaways. It's going to be a beautiful event. And uh, they can look that information up at mojfest, F-E-S-T dot com, mojfest dot com. M-O-J-Fest dot com. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. you can, they can purchase tickets. It's going to be at the Colorado Convention Center. It's for all parents of special needs children. It's going to be a blessed time. And this particularly would be an opportunity for you all to develop, those of you who are listening, to develop that village and get the kind of support systems and find out how people, because I'm going to ask Camille, you know, going through all that she's gone through as a parent dealing with her son, how, Camille, did you get through this and I know you're still getting through this because he's only Mm -hmm. five years old but how do you get through this as a parent you know uh, you happen to be married and and blessed in that way but if you're a single parent whether you're male or female I've I've had friends who are single parents with two autistic children at the same time that are Mm -hmm. twins and you know basically just one parent trying to do that what advice would you give parents to help them in yeah. this. I definitely advise to lean on God, number one. He is going to be your source. He is going to be your rock. I would also advise you to prioritize your mental health. You know, mental health sometimes can be a taboo conversation, but the load that we carry as autism parents is a load that can't even be described. We can't make someone understand and get it um, in its fullness. 
but the load is a lot. And if you don't take care of yourself and prioritize that self-care and doing something for you, at the end of the day, you will be burned out. And so make sure you fill up your cup. And 211 is an amazing resource. I would find a local support group. And if you can't find a local support group, Facebook has tons of support groups that, you know, are specific to each diagnosis that a child may have. And you said 211? Mm-hmm. Yes. 211 is available across the whole globe. And you can call 211 for child care, for resources for food. But you can also call for resources for special needs children. You can tell them, you know, I have an autistic child. And I would like to know what's available in my state. It's going to be specific to each state that you you are in. But they'll give you a list of organizations, and you can call each organization and see what they have, or you can look it up online. You are proactive. You already answered my question, unless you have something. To I was going to ask you, what are the best places to seek resources and help for families? But you said Facebook and 211. Mm-hmm. Yeah, are there Facebook, any other resources? Other parents, too, are, Keep harping on that because all of what I learned, it really was from another parent saying, hey, did you know you can get this? And then I just went and shared what I learned. But parents are the greatest resource. Got it. Got it. What about this? And this is a question because some people can't rationalize and don't see how this this interaction works. But how does the healing gospel of Christ mm-hmm. and having a neurodivergent children go hand in hand? Yeah, I I truly believe, and and this is so good because um, I had a hard time just really accepting um, this diagnosis because, and so for me, let's backtrack a little bit. Mason was also born with congenital heart disease. And so we've been praying for healing for Mason since he was born. One day for me during prayer, the Lord began to shift my prayers because I really thought autism was demonic. And let's, let's talk about it because yeah. I didn't know. I thought, okay, well, I, he's going to get delivered. He's, this, this demon is coming to foster him. And one day during prayer, I sat up on my bed and the Lord said, would you be cat, trying to cast this out if he had Down syndrome? And I sat on the bed and I was like, what, God, what do you mean? No, this is, I wouldn't because I, I would have no need. And that's when the Lord said to me, you don't even see who I gave you. Look at who I gave you. And that that shifted for me. I saw Mason as a world changer he is. And Mm. by faith, he's already healed. And so I had to go to the scripture. What what does God say? Okay, now, in different religions and different denominations, people really believe that autism is from your sins and it is demonic. But I lean on John 9. In theory, where the disciples asked Jesus, why was this man blind? And was it his parents' sins or was it his sins? And Jesus responded that this happened so the work of God might be displayed in him. And that is what's happening on this earth, clearly, with my child. And so I give that same thing for you. And in that prayer, God shifted my prayers. So I, I knew how to pray for Mason now. It wasn't that I needed to cast it out, but now I need to decree and declare his future. I decree that there will be no limitation. I decree and declare that he's going to go above and beyond. He's going to college. He will get married. He will, all the things that, that I desire for him. And 
I, I decreed Jeremiah 29 and 11 that God, you said you have a plan for his life and it's plans to prosper him and not to harm him, to give him a future and a hope. And so I began to pray the word of God. And I believe that, that that's really what we are to do over our children, whether they are neurodivergent or whether they are um, neurotypical, but they are healed already. And so I think also it, it can be a sensitive topic, and this is why a lot of parents are embarrassed to share, because in the faith, sometimes we don't know how to respond. We say the wrong things to people. And so they can, you know, we, we say, well, you need to pray this prayer. You need to say this scripture. You need to fast and pray. But what about when I've done all of that? Yeah. And the reality is that some people on this earth won't see physical healing. It's just not, it's not going to manifest in that way for every single person. But yes, I receive healing. Yes, by faith we receive. Yes, God is still going to have his way. Yes, you are still chosen. You are still his beautiful child and all the things. But but that's a very sensitive topic for me because I heard from adults. And I there's a, 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 a man that I follow. I love him so much. He's 60-something years old, and he's a bishop, and he has cerebral palsy. And he's been in a wheelchair all of his life, but he's saved and at 12, and he's been preaching since he was 19. But the words that he's had to plow through of, where's your faith? How are you preaching in a wheelchair? And, you know, people laying hands on him and over and over and over again for years. So now in his old age, he said um, he was recently at a guest church preaching, and someone said, come up here and get your healing. I want to pray for him. And he said, I am healed. And so I think that we just have to educate ourselves in, in the space of just people, not just with autism, but people with disabilities as well. Because if you look around the church, they are not there. And it's a reason. They Many of them are tired of being embarrassed. Some of them, they're, they're tired of feeling like they're less than. And parents are afraid to bring their children to church when they're quadriplegic or you, you may just see them once in the blue. And it's for a reason. So I just think the body of Christ should lead with love and understanding and educating ourselves before we say something that then the parent goes home with and feels terrible. Wow. You know? Wow. You know, that's 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 good talk. I'm glad I asked you that yeah. question. This is important for all of us who are, I'm going to call us first responders, whether we're police uh, mm -hmm. that are not trained adequately, pastors or teachers in education that are not trained adequately. We need to hear what you just what you just said. And that's yeah. indeed why I had you on this podcast today because you are indeed a women warrior. And I appreciate yeah. the effort, the energy, the destiny, the purpose that is in your heart, the faith that you have, the courage that you have to go forth and do uh, this thing according to the will of God. And uh, you continue to be a community builder you continue to be an advocate. One more time, I want to, uh, again, give that plug again for August the 19th. If you're not doing anything that weekend, I implore you to make sure that you get to Denver, Colorado. Go ahead and give us that contact information one more time, Camille. Yes, it is mojfest.com. And if you are not a person that has a child with a disability, you are welcome to come too because this is an environment that you'll be able to learn in. 
and so workshops will be going on and you'll be able to take a bunch of information and actually do something with it. Amen. Amen. No, MOJ Fest. MOJ Fest. dot com. And and you can follow us on social media at Moments of Joy Podcast on Instagram and Camille Joy on Facebook. All right. Moments of Joy Podcast on Instagram. And say that last one for Facebook. Camille Joy. Camille Joy from Facebook. Okay. You've been listening to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I am your host, Derek L. Calhoun. I pray that you come back next week. We have another exciting guest, Karen Briggs. She'll be on next week. Thank God today for Camille Robinson. Don't forget, get to Denver, Colorado on August the 19th. And there's information on uh, Facebook and information on Instagram about the Moments of Joy Fest. The Moments of Joy Fest. The Moments of Joy Fest. Don't miss it. This summer in Denver, Colorado on August the 19th. Again, Camille, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you. And remember, Kip Nation, there's one thing I want you to do. Go and influence the nations. God bless.